This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. It is Friday morning. It is just after 10 o'clock. This is cliffcentral.com. Sex talk with John T. Searle and some of our gorgeous team and some really special guests. Morning, tomorrow. Good morning, John T. He looks gorgeous. Thank you. You know, every week you're kind of like upping your game with me and yeah. I think we're going to gonna have something at one point. You think so? <laughs> Something's going to happen there. Are you, you're flattering. You think so? You're playing your cards right. <laughs> going to happen <laughs> well listen if it hasn't happened yet after this long well <laughs> never say, say never <laughs> what can i say i'm a classic never girl never that's classic it. girl there we go morning lisa good morning john good morning everybody <laughs> and our special guest amy silverman who is here from new york hello and nick i don't know your surname nick carter nick carter okay <laughs> isn't there a singer of the name nick no carter? <laughs> but i have to tell you that a long time ago like teenage years i think I read the series of, they were like these really cheap, nasty spy thrillers. Hmm. And they took like about, I don't know, a couple hours to read. And the hero was Nick Carter. It's definitely a name <laughs> of a hero yeah. of some sort. Yeah, Nick he was Carter. like a secret agent to spy and even did all these fantastic things. And his name was Nick Carter. There we go. <laughs> so very cool, Nick Carter. So welcome, guys. It is really cool to have you here. Thank so you. So we're talking about circling and relationships and authenticity and consciousness and all these wonderful things that are so important to us. Mm-hmm. But first... Ninja sex. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Aegean. <coughs> Today's dirty dictionary word is... Agrexophilia. Dirty dictionary word. A Grexophilia. Any idea? Ooh, I know. It's Greg. He's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a way to it describe is. Greg is a pedophile. Okay. It just so sounds wrong. like that it's so rhyming. No, Grexophilia. No. Greg is a pedophile. No, women that love Greg. That is the point. There we go. Greg. Or are obsessed with a man of the name Greg. <laughs> is yeah. it something about aggression? About wanting to be pushed around or something like that? Okay, you've got to talk really close to the oh, mic. Okay. okay, even closer. It's like giving a blowjob. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't okay, know. Okay, I'm not going to tell heard. you what Duncan just said about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you think of Greg Sofa? I is? was wondering if it's something about uh, a force or aggression or being pushed around. Okay. Nick? Greg so it's got an X in it, so I'm, I'm kind of thrown by that. Yeah. Well, now okay. he's really giving a blowjob to the mic. <laughs> there we well go. Done. That's what you got to do. If I'm right, then I would like yeah. there to be a word like lisophilia. Okay. Like you are you are so far off base. Not even funny. Damn it. <laughs> you're not even, you're not even in the same country. <laughs> 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 you're 
<laughs> we're not even in the same country. Oh, damn. So join our conversation on. 0861555. Ooh, whoa, here we go again. You see, I do this every now and then when I forget that number. 0861555189. Or you can drop us a message on WeChat's message to screen. Alternatively, catch us on Twitter at sextalk underscore cliff C. That's it. And at the end of the show, we will tell you what a Greek so If we remember. Is. Basically. If we remember. Yeah. We often I, forget. We do. I remember this one. Mm. I remember okay. this one. Yes. So I want to tell you something I did amazing last weekend, which was my friend Valentina, Mrs. Love, was here from Cape Town. We did this amazing Tantra yoga workshop, um, and she's going to be back here in May. Uh, she's based in Cape Town. So anybody in Cape Town who is interested, please message me, and I'll send you her details, because she is at the end of this month doing a a retreat. Mm, okay. It was one of the most beautiful weekends. What does it mean, Tantra, yoga? Well, you know, this is what's interesting because there's different streams of Tantra. So there's the sexual side, which is kind of more neo-Tantra. That's come out of a lot of sexual practices. And traditional Tantra is much more about spiritual growth, spiritual development, working with energy, um, looking at yourself, growing yourself. And this was very much, it didn't have anything to do with sex on one level, but on another level, it had everything to do with sex because a lot of it is about getting energy moving. Mm. And when you look at a lot of the yoga postures, you think... I wonder, mm. what can I do with that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. But they move energy in very specific ways. Okay. So it's this whole yoga sequence that's very different because, you know, I've been a yoga practitioner for most of my life. And this was such a different way of doing yoga. And it was really, really beautiful. Sounds really cool. So I, I haven't enjoyed something as much. And it hasn't, nothing that I've done in so long has had such an impact on me. It was really beautiful. When you do things so. with your body and not necessarily going mm. to the gym, sometimes I think people that go to the gym hate their body. Mm. They kind of hate it by working on it and yeah. then they get a nice Well, that's where a lot of it comes from because yeah. it comes from an insecurity of the way your body has to look mm. rather than the way your to body feel. should feel. Mm. And that was so cool. And one of the best things for me was going on somebody else's workshop. That's awesome. Where, you know, where you're always teaching and you're always facilitating and you're always kind of doing your stuff and just to be there was just such a gift for me. That's awesome. So it was really, really, really cool. It looks like on the weekend, the Easter weekend, that I'm going to be in Cape Town for a talk. So I'm thinking of doing two days of workshops. Hmm. So if you have so, 7,500 rand to fly down to Cape Town <laughs> on Easter weekend, but go for, for it. Our, for all our Cape Town listeners. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'll put that out in the week in our newsletter, which will be so cool. And the bookings are open for Waves of Pleasure, our dolphin workshop in Mozambique. Mm. And we've got a cool payment plan I'm to so make it there. possible for everybody. So, so I'm so excited about that. And some really cool stuff coming up. So, Amy, I did a water massage a few weeks ago. And somebody was there, and I give a talk before we get into the water. And it was about conscious relationships. It was about intimacy. Mm -hmm. It was about the insecurity of being vulnerable. Mm. And how unsure we are when we open ourselves and we make ourselves vulnerable and open and honest. And somebody who was there phoned me the next morning and said, you've got to talk to Amy because her work is very similar to that. So I phoned you and I said, Amy, I have no idea what this is all about. <laughs> and you sent me some stuff and I have to be honest and say, I'm still not 100% sure, but I want to find out. Yeah, it doesn't and surprise so me. That's so cool. That you looked at the stuff and still are not 100% sure. And I'm not a 
Dorf guy. Okay, you got to talk really close to this mic. <laughs> so I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm reasonably smart. I have my moments, I will admit, where I am nowhere near smart. But uh, I'm really interested to find out. So tell us about circling in the relationship movement. So the movement uh, overall, I would call the authentic relating mm-hmm. movement. And circling is a depth practice or a relational okay. meditation practice that falls under that umbrella. Okay. And it started a little over a decade ago in San Francisco among a, a group of As friends. As a lot of good things do start. Yes. In San yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, a group of friends who were all into personal development mm. and relationship and consciousness essentially um, at Burning Man, actually, mm-hmm. uh, fumbled into, or at least this is how I understand the story, fumbled into this practice of circling when Guy Sangstock, who is named as sort of the founder of circling, mm-hmm. explored a dynamic between some of his friends and himself in a new way, in uh, a fr- essentially freshly meeting with curiosity in every moment um, exactly what's going on and not having any presumption that he understood. Mm. So um, even simple words like hearing um, that pisses me off or I'm feeling angry, there's a deeper inquiry. What's it like for you to be pissed off or what are you experiencing in this moment? And in that we, we create more intimacy and a depth Mm. of connection that is that has now been honed after they had this discovery and sort of were were like what just happened something amazing just happened in this interaction um he and his friends essentially distilled it into a practice which is now called circling okay. so constant curiosity is vital mhm and i really like that because we've been talking a lot about it and a lot of my work with couples is about keeping that energy alive yes because we get into these patterns of thinking that after 15 years in a relationship i know you Mm -hmm. so i'm going to say to you let's go and have a waffle and i know what your response is going to be on any given day yes and we tend to lose that kind of excitement with each other and and we tend to lose then intimacy and the Mm. opportunity for intimacy because we don't we either don't reveal ourselves or we don't invite the other to reveal themselves yeah. because we think we already know. We assume they already know. And I think curiosity and mm. um, a commitment to meeting and re-meeting and re-meeting over and over and over mm. again in any relationship is essential to yeah, keep absolutely. it alive and vibrant. Absolutely. I like that. Hmm. Okay. I understand that. Okay. Okay, we're on a roll. So that's one piece, <laughs> yes. one piece of circling yes. and of authentic relating. Hmm. And um, another piece is presence, which uh, has so many meanings to different people. Hmm. Um, we talk about a stage presence, which someone might think of as a, a charismatic presence, a way that they're putting themselves out. But um, for me, presence is more the way we're being in the moment, mm. how we're meeting the moment. Um, and again, it is bringing curiosity, but it's a heightened awareness, like we cultivate a meditation, a heightened awareness of our body, of our sensations, of our emotions, even of our thoughts, but more of the quality of our thoughts or the, the essence of what's happening in our mind versus following the content down the rabbit hole. And bringing, bringing a heightened presence and awareness to, to ourselves allows us to essentially be a tuning fork 
to the other and sense, sense the other and bring that into connection, share the impact of what it's like to be with each other. So we're actually taking away from us. It's all about me. How do you influence me? We're actually trying to be maybe even an amplifier or to understand the sympathy. And what happens is with our partner, we're trying to actually almost get in to, to feel what they're feeling or to, to understand better. Yes. In okay. fact, um, Circling Europe is uh, founded by John Thompson and Sean Wilkinson, and they, they have five principles of circling. One of those principles is be with the other in their world. So it's not just getting your world and seeing what it's like for you over there, but actually aiming to be with you in your world through sensation, through um, empathy, through uh, reflecting what we're hearing and seeing. So, okay, I get that too, because hmm. that's the work that we do. And the reflecting hmm. is such an important part of communication, because one of the biggest blockages is my perception of what you're saying based on my inner world. Yes. And this huge gap between what I'm thinking and what I'm saying and my mouth and your ears. Precisely. So one of the tools that we use in circling is to either reflect mm. what it is that we're seeing in the other, but without our interpretation. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm watching you nod your head as I'm sh talking to you right now. And my assumption is that you're um, agreeing or even feeling lit up and inspired by what I'm saying. But in circling, what I would do is I would check with you yeah. and I would say, I'm noticing your head's kind of tilted to the side and your eyes open up when I speak and I'm noticing you nodding. And my story about that is that you're really getting this and you're, you're finding it inspiring or aligned with what you believe. Is that true? So I'll actually check with you. Mm. And in that creating vulnerability of revealing, um, what's going on in me in relation to you and then also giving you the opportunity to bring me deeper into your world. Um, it, Cause you could say, Oh, you, you know, actually I'm nodding to help you continue speaking, but I'm trying to think of when we need to go to the next commercial break. And that's the truth of what's actually happening right oh, now. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the presence is actually really being focused on the moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's important, being very much in the moment. I saw such a cool cartoon. I'll send it to you and you can post it. Um, this wonderful, wonderful thing. Because you know in our spiritual world, yes. so it's a little cartoon of there's a spiritual fair. Oh, I just saw this yesterday. Yes. I love there's it. A, there's a booth with past life regression <laughs> stuff. And there's this huge long line waiting for the past <laughs> life regression. There's a booth with future life. And there's this whole long line waiting for regression. And there's a booth in the middle, present moment, and nobody's mm -hmm. standing in front of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is so cool and it so is. true. It is. We'll put it out on our feed later. After the show, I'll send it to you. I, to put out. I really uh, correlate to, um, and I, 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 can, I can feel mm. the how it touches me, what you're saying, Amy, because we are so busy pleasing slash just, you know, being functional. And it comes really, it comes as a problem in mm. relationship first because you can kind of act and play, you know, when it comes to work or, you know, sometimes you, you think it's a lot of energy or, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but in, with your partner, you don't want to be deceiving or mm. you don't want to be half, you know, don't, you, you just, you want to keep it real. And one of the things is, as you said, and John T said it, that we, we, we know, we get, we think we know each other already. So if I'm nodding, as you said, it can be so many things. And actually, kind of admitting, 
it might not be what you think and it's not even there's no cynicality or anything. It's just let me tell you. I'm you're giving me an option to right. express what I really But there's am a feeling. lot that you have to overcome to be able to oh, do for that. Sure. Mm. There to needs have to that be, honest expression. Right. And that actually takes us to encircling Europe, mm. one of the other principles is commitment to connection. So the idea is that I will be in this with you no matter where the journey mm. goes, that we're committing to staying connection, which means revealing impact, revealing what's true, and trusting the process, and that if we continue to stay in with each other and stay in our embodied experience and stay in, in truth, being in each other's world and and following our uh, embodied impulses that we will journey towards deeper connection versus separation, even if what mm. we're saying is um, perhaps uncomfortable or we think may create, may create a break in connection. It actually brings us closer to share what's true. Mm. So that requires us to actually take a different view on relationship and a different view on communication in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So we need to see the relationship more as a space for growth, a space for exploration, and not just the space where we're sharing life, we're bringing up kids, we have a home. There's a whole lot more than that. Yes. So it kind of takes, it's an interesting thing, because I've been talking a lot about this the past week, that loving somebody is fine, but often loving is nowhere near enough to have a relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think of people, women that I have loved over the years that I would never be able to have a successful relationship with because mm-hmm. of so much more that needs to be there and the commitment to do something different. So your relationship is a ground for constant exploration, for constant growth. And that's kind of almost separate from, from the love aspect in a way. Yes. And in my perception, I I think that both parties need to hold a commitment to that. Mm. Um, I've seen relationships where one partner sees this as a spiritual ground for growth and exploration and um, being co-pilots in that. And, and the other is more in the space that you described where there's mm. love and I want to enjoy you, but I don't want to work on this. Mm. And, it, and it's hard to be in a relationship where there's not a mutual commitment to growth. Mm to meet someone with your vulnerable, honest truth and have them not want to receive it is, is, uh, you can't force that vulnerability. Okay. So here's an interesting idea then. We talk quite a lot from time to time about the idea of having different relationships that fulfill different aspects of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if I love you and we're in this wonderful love relationship, can I get that growth part of me fulfilled elsewhere? And bring that into the relationship as a level of fulfillment for myself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? This is a topic I've thought mm. a lot about. Mm. Um, in my community where I live in New York, um, my friends are really starting to explore polyamory. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I had a brief exploration with myself. Um, and I think... That it makes sense when you use the analogy of, of friendships. Of course, I have my friends that I love to go to theater with and mm. we, and we deconstruct the entire show. And I may not be able to do that with my boyfriend mm. and I can still have a totally full and rich relationship with my boyfriend. I think if we're going to have multiple love partners where we're exploring different aspects of ourselves in different places, it requires 
this same thing, that commitment to connection mm. and really full communication mm. in all areas in order to ride the roller coaster of what comes up around jealousy and shared intimacy and um which opens its own whole world of exploration yes. and possibilities yes yeah so i think i mean i'm still for myself i personally feel more drawn towards monogamy for mm. myself but it's not an assessment of um of that i think it's better or or mm. the right way it's just what works yeah. for me but it doesn't have to be sexually open it can be an emotional Yes. Connection with somebody else. It could be an intellectual, a spiritual connection with somebody else that I can express the full authenticity of myself in that space that I might not be able to in a love relationship or in my prime relationship. Yes, I'm completely on board with that. Mm. Amy, we're going to just explain to the to the <laughs> listeners that Lisa, as she said, I'm I'm going to monogamy. Lisa was dancing, yeah. the dance of joy here in the studio. <laughs> we we always have a little thing in the studio about it's whether monogamy is well not good or bad, but whether it's the way to go or not. So uh, it's always a discussion. We have a different here. opinion about it. Uh, <laughs> I, one day I'm really going to put you on the spot about that. It's so the, true. We're going we to put you on the spot, but when she grows up, when she grows up. I have <laughs> Can you invite little, David Data on for the same there's conversation? A, there's a little something <laughs> in the back of my mind that's just kind of rung a little bell. Hmm. Oh, well. Interesting. Mm. But I wanted to, to say while you were talking that I have to, you know, you said community. Ding, ding, ding. You know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, to be encircling, you have to be in a community. Yeah. Is it? So that's, that's something we haven't gotten to yet. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, Circling is a, is a pra- is a peer practice. It's it. There are therapists and um, coaches and facilitators who are integrating it into their work, so it's happening more in a one on one setting. But essentially, it's a peer practice. And when we circle, I haven't really described what it actually looks mm-hmm. like. So we take these principles and these ways of being, these ways of communicating and connecting, into um, into an environment where everyone has chosen to be there. Of course, it's a a practice that we all commit to entering into for 20 minutes, one hour in New York. We practice two hours a week as a community. And um, essentially everyone is guided by a facilitator into that deep presence, that awareness of our, of our body and our sensations and our emotions and, um, and that commitment to connecting with others. And there are three ways of circling. One is called the birthday circle, which is called that because everyone puts their attention on one person. So um, that person essentially becomes the focus of the meditation and everyone else in the room becomes a, a tuning fork or a mirror for what it is to be with that, okay, with that so person. Let's just go back a step. Mm-hmm. Because the word meditation for most people has a very specific connotation that I'm sitting there or I'm lying there with my eyes closed and yes. I'm either visualizing something or I'm doing a whole lot of other stuff. But meditation can actually be a very conscious, very awake and very active practice. Yes. And I think that's what you're talking about. It is. We're bringing that presence mm. and curiosity and inquiry that you bring to yourself. Mm. So meditation, meditation is often about being present yes. in what it, is, what it is that you're doing regardless of what that activity may be. 
It right. kind of sounds like yoga for the mind. <laughs> if I had to well, like put a different in a way, term it's like on yoga it, almost, for, it's, it's like kind yoga of like for a relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. but yoga for your growth. Yeah, mm. we call it relational meditation, mm. or um, we've also, I've heard it called intersubjective or inter interpersonal meditation. So it is, it is a meditation. I mm. feel deeply present when I'm mm. in in connection mm. with people, particularly in a circling context. Yeah. So by bringing that into contact, into connection and communication with others, we, um, we deepen each other's presence and there's, there's a field that's created and it deepens. And, um, that person who's being circled is met by us communicating the impact of what it's like to be with them. Maybe what we're noticing in our bodies, uh, perhaps, I might notice that my heart rate goes up when I put my attention on you and I can then inquire, what is that like to hear or is what's happening with your heart right now? So this is a challenging practice because mm. this is really putting somebody front and center. Yes. And starting to peel a lot of stuff away. Yes. And it's it, the way I've described it is there's self-inquiry and reflection. And um, I describe that as sort of... Uh, looking down at myself and Mm. I don't mean it in a negative way Mm. like uh, I mean literally here I am and I can look down and I could see my view from here down towards my feet and I can move my arms around and I can inspect myself so or explore and then I can go one step further and maybe work with a friend or a therapist or a coach and it's like looking in a mirror there's a single reflection and that reflection has its own biases or little warps or nicks or the where the light is hitting it and then I step into circling and it's a room of mirrors so I'm experiencing myself from from all these different angles and all these different directions and and the reflections are as pure as we can give them as a human because we are attempting to own our experience and share what we're seeing and what we're hearing and owning that as this is my interpretation of you. This is, I see you nodding your head and my story is, is that true? So we're constantly checking in and trying to be as clean and pure as possible with what it is that we're reflecting. So the facilitation of that process needs to be really careful because that can degenerate into a lot of projection and story. Yeah, and I've been involved in very similar processes in various workshops over the years and, and seen how that can happen mm-hmm. so quickly. That becomes incredibly destructive. Yeah, I would say in the beginning, the facilitation is of the utmost importance. Yeah. And then what happens is the community or the people participating find themselves so committed to that way of being met and meeting others that they're a stand for it and we it then becomes part of the practice so if someone is projecting or um so what we mean by projecting is using allowing their story to they're buying their own story more than actually cleanly conveying someone else in the circle may actually bring forward i'm feeling disgusted right now or i'm feeling disappointed right now or i'm i'm I, I really want you to own your experience right now. And the facilitator doesn't even need to necessarily speak it because someone in the circle is feeling it in their body that it, it just feels off or wrong to hear someone engaged so deeply in their own story. What a scary 
thing yeah. <laughs> to do. Or yeah. exhilarating. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, it's actually like, you know, I want to say, wow, I love it, but I want to choose the people I'm going to do that with. Mm. But actually, just one thing, Janti, and please tell me what you think about it. You really have to just own yourself. You really have to own your, your process mm. and to just come with a, with a true, 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 true surrender mm. and, and wanting to grow. Yeah. Listen, I've been in a lot of similar processes and I think I've experienced the spectrum of what that is from authenticity to incredible defensiveness, um, even to some deep nastiness mm-hmm. um, along the, literally the whole spectrum of that. Um, and it's an incredibly powerful process. Mm. Maybe for but our listeners a little bit just to explain a little bit about growth and you know when you because you, you're kind of describing a, a methodology of re- work on relationships but it's something that not a lot of people really get exposed to even energetic work or growth processes can you just kind of expand a little bit about that just how do you even get to a place that you want to work mm-hmm. from that into into a place like how mm-hmm. do you how do you get to it now i want to work i want to surrender but is it like do you have to be years and years of, 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 mm-hmm. of growth and, and work processes? What, what is it that I need to do? So I think people come to healing from lots of different places. And most people who come to any kind of healing journey, journey generally do that from a pain space, that something in their life is, is not working. So whether that's a relationship that's failing, uh, they get some kind of illness, they have some kind of shock, there's some kind of pain that drives us to healing. That's yeah. the first level that people come to healing from. And that's where most people come to a healing journey mm-hmm. from some kind of pain or crisis. Yes. Did and it? it could be a kind of wake up in the morning problem where it's just, oh, I, I wish I felt closer to my mom or mm. it, it could be, it doesn't have to be a crisis no, as much as it just comes from some something's kind of, not working it here. It comes from some kind of lack or pain on some level. Yes. And it doesn't have to be life-threatening. Right. It doesn't have to be relationship-threatening. Mm-hmm. It can just be, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have more. Mm-hmm. Full stop. And that's Absolutely. just about a lack. And then some people make a conscious choice at some point of saying, I would like to have more in my life. Mm-hmm. Then I've got an okay life. I'm comfortable. I'm a nice job. I have a nice relationship. But it's just that. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. You know that word. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just... That's all. And I'd like to have more. And then there's an awareness of saying that there is a whole lot more out there. And I want this adventure. I want this journey. And from I love when couples come and they say, we have a good relationship and we want to explore. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when people come from that, then you make a choice. So the way that I see it, and you'll jump in any time with this, please. Sure. Okay. And so will you, Nick. You're sitting there very quietly. He's <laughs> nodding. Okay. He's nodding. I've been checking. Well, we don't know nodder. what that means, you see. But he why might don't we just check? be nodding because. <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah. Like? And, then, and then once you decide to grow, the first part of that is you have to go into yourself. And you start looking at you, at who you are, at what you've become. And that's hard for a lot of us. Yes, and I will tell you that I I spent many years of my life, even starting as a young teenager, I felt that something wasn't right. I remembered being um, around around ten years old and 
things felt really volatile in, in my home and I, I flipped a switch and I, I started to sort of numb and take the range of my experiences and narrow it more towards the center and, um, just kind of dulled my emotional life. And then in my teen years, I realized that I didn't want that anymore, but I didn't know how to flip the switch back. And for me, it was like a, a searching and maybe it's therapy, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's a million things that I tried. And it was interesting for me, the, the way that I found my way back in was through circling. And my introduction to circling, I wasn't even looking for it. I was at a bar at a birthday party and one of this original crew of circlers that I mentioned before named Brian Bayer, um, essentially was visiting New York and circled me in a bar just as a way of connection. It was, he wasn't trying to fix or change anything about me. He just was interested and, and met me deeply. And here I was with tears streaming down my face, which was something I longed for. I always wanted to cry more. I wanted to feel myself more. And, um, so that's what set me down this path. And it came, came by surprise. And I, you know, I'm curious if Nick wants to share sort of his journey into personal growth, because I know it's something that you felt really connected to and has been important to you. Nick, we see that you're Nothing nodding. Like putting you on the spot. Yeah, I just put you smiling. right on the spot. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so much a question of if Nick wants to share his personal journey. That was a question of, Nick, you will share. Nick, would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> I, I was just curious. Um, did, did, did you want to check with, with, with the nods yes. and the smiles? Yeah, I want to check, actually. Yeah, I, I was nodding and smiling and my eyes went wide and I was like, because um, that's a big question that you just mm-hmm. asked about about how did this personal development thing start for me and wh- where it, it fires off a lot of information all at once and it's like where do I start with? So, so that's uh, that, that's kind of what was going on for me <laughs> when I was nodding and smiling. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But thanks for asking. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So this is really nice. Yeah. Can, yeah. We, <laughs> can we go there into <laughs> this world of circling? The one thing that I'm really enjoying from this is you. Consciousness and presence is so important because that's what's going to allow you to pick up what your partner or what they're actually doing in response to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Instead of just the pattern of, yeah, so I think you're listening to me, so I'm just going to kind of carry on mm-hmm. and, and do my thing. Instead of, wait a minute, and what are the actual clues? So I have to look at your body. I have to look at your face. Mm-hmm. And not only that, when yeah. I look at your body and your face, I'm going to use all the data points I have mm. from my life and from my experience mm. of you and and make conclusions about what that means, what I'm seeing. And in in this practice, there's a commitment to then checking. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And I just want to I, I, I want to I ask um, from 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 your perspective, um, when 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 you saw my head nodding and me smiling and things. Um, I'm imagining you were, you were curious about what, what, what was going on for me. Is that true? Yeah, uh, I was curious, and it's I'm still kind of processing because it it brings me to another place now. First of all, true, tr- just true question: How do you feel right now? Not mm. what I'm assuming because you're on radio or because you know we're first time meeting each other, but actually because I don't know you have a plus that I'm really curious. But I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking, wow, 
for me, that means that maybe you're, you're more a person of, you know, of depth and you don't need to express yourself so much. So that took me to a place of thinking about myself. Why do I express myself over expression with facial expressions so and so on? And it's just kind of, it's a dialogue, but I kept on bringing myself back to you and just wondering how are you feeling at this moment? So it was kind of from taking it away from me back to you, back to presence. Mm. It's a very interesting thing. I mm. have to be honest. It's, mm. and it's all of a sudden you want to even get rid of a few layers because that just makes communication and real communication mm. a bit more difficult. And I can relate to that when I speak to John T by myself, Lisa by myself, with my partner by myself, I am taking some layers off because it makes communication and being presence much easier. And you really want to be in that moment and not to, you know, camouflage. Mm. But what I liked even more is that I had to check after because I think I'm so clever. I know who you are. Mm. And I think I got you. Mm. And then you're saying to me, no, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this, but this is not how I feel. And then, what are you saying that I'm wrong? You know, and all this patterns of us thinking that we're so right and we know everything. Mm. So that is kind of what was in my brain for those few seconds. But mm. yeah, back to you. Well, 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 thank you. It was really nice to, 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 to receive that attention and, and to actually ha- have you ask that question. Mm, pleasure. Just the way you did it just felt nice to me. So thank you. Thank you. So this is very kind of, it's, it's about a journey and it's about being in the question, about being in the process rather than an outcome, rather than a specific result. A hundred percent. And it's this constant movement into that. I love that because one of the big things that we talk about is being in the question. And the more questions you can ask, mm-hmm. the questions are more important than the answers. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And the thing I love about this about this practice is that even though we're not pointed towards an outcome, the result of committing and being in the practice can be a huge range of the nourishment of having someone with you. Like Nick just said, it felt really good to have that attention, that kind of, that quality of attention can be very nourishing. I often, when I introduce people to circling, they say, I feel like I just took a vitamin that I've never taken before, that there was some, I didn't know this was missing and now it's filled. Um, and it can also be cathartic. Uh, it can be, we can have revelations or reveal our blind spots and there are so many beautiful outcomes that if we were going for those outcomes, I don't think that they would actually happen. Mm. I, I think that it's in that curiosity and that presence and that allowance of whatever is here to reveal itself that we expand into a fuller version of ourselves, a fuller expression of ourselves and are met in it, seen and witnessed and felt in it. And that's, that to me is the healing part of it, but I wouldn't call it a healing modality mm-hmm. while it can have healing effects or therapeutic effects. Mm. Yeah. So it opens the most amazing field of possibilities because mm. as soon as we decide on where we think something should go or how it should be, we limit the possibilities. Right. Right. It's and I'm, I'm curious to ask Tamar right now, if you were to describe your level of connection or intimacy of relationship with Nick now versus 10 minutes ago 
how do you feel in connection uh, with him? It's, 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 it's different completely. It's, it's weird because we are in studio. We can also see each other. We can feel each other. It's kind of an energy thing. Mm-hmm. So sorry for the listeners that can't really share this, but you're always welcome. You know that, well, up to 200 people at a time, but <laughs> it's really uh, unbelievable that, um, that just that intentional moment and, um, um, acknowledging. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what we want, yeah. is the connection. That's what we long for, yearn for, crave. And in a world that is becoming so much more digital, so much more isolated, yes, and so many more people spending so much more time behind computers and on phones and having what people think are intimate relationships mm-hmm. over Facebook, over Skype, Tinder, all of that, which is crap. It's nonsense. Those <laughs> are not intimate relationships. Right. Nowhere near. And until you are sitting opposite somebody, you have no clue. You can share the story of your life. But when you sit there, then you see the heart and then you see the soul. And until then, uh, it's crap. It's nonsense. I, I feel really inspired and passionate about what you were just talking about. So much so that in October, my business, The Connection Movement, that's based in, in New York and now spreading around the world. I'm thrilled to be in Johannesburg right now. Um, we, we joined an international experiment. It was called the eye contact experiment. And I, it was quite remarkable. I heard about this experiment when it was just a couple of weeks before it was supposed to happen internationally. And I jumped on board for New York and I posted it on Facebook and invited 50 or 70 people thinking, I'll get some volunteers. And essentially the experiment was make signs that say, where has human connection gone? Spend one minute eye contact to find out. Or I think it said share one minute eye contact Mm. to find out. And then go out in the streets and invite strangers to stop and have a minute of eye contact. Well, I like I said, I invited 50 or 70 people. And I went back to my Facebook event two days later. And there were hundreds of people wanting to participate. By the time two weeks later that we actually did this event, I had thousands of people on my Facebook event that I didn't know. And we ultimately had about 400 volunteers spread out along Broadway in New York over a 40 block, um, range with these wow. signs. And in a three hour period, we estimate that somewhere between six and 10,000 people stopped and spent one minute with our volunteers. And the impact were, we had tears, we had revelations, we had people saying, I, I don't even think I've done this with my own spouse in the last 10 years. Um, we had, and I just was so thrilled because I thought, these people are our teachers and our waiters and our taxi drivers and our husbands and wives and parents. And from that one minute, what's possible mm. in their, in, in shifting in their lives. And I was, it, it actually was over a hundred thousand people that participated internationally, um, which is thrilling to me and was part of why I actually changed the name of my business. That, that experiment mm. had, had me change the name of my business to include this word movement because I feel that this revival of human connection is essential for, mm. for our future. And for so many people, it is one of the hardest things to do. So many couples I work with, and it's one of the first things that I teach people, mm-hmm. just for two minutes to look into each other's eyes. It is one of the hardest because it is so 
intimate. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share with you something that's a possibility that happened with somebody I was in relationship with. Um, and it was a very conscious relationship. And we spent one night probably, it was probably about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. maybe, in kind of real-time terms. No words. In this very sacred space, we'd created just eye contact. And at some point, her face changed into every woman who had ever been in my life. My mother, my daughter, my sister, a whole lot of other lovers, people. Her face changed into every one of those. At some point, it was a beast of ugliness beyond. At some point, there was just light. And when I shared this with her afterwards, she saw exactly the same thing in me. And it was a moment that took probably a week to kind of really process and come down from and the impact of it. That's what can happen when we're willing to be Mm. so open. It's so powerful what you're saying, though, because I think we all do that without actually consciously sitting in a room for an hour and looking mm. at someone. We all do that. I mean, I don't think we all do that. Yeah. No, and no, but I did, mean, no, no, but I mean, in a different level, though, not in a positive level. I mean, because when you're with your partner and they do or say something, you see your ex-girlfriend, you mm. see your mother, you see your father, you see a friend or someone that hurt you, and you don't deal with that in a positive level like you guys did. I mean, you deliberately went and did an experiment, and the outcome was different. And if we all did that and you actually sat with your partner and dealt with where things come from and you actually understand it, it makes your relationship stronger and better. So, it's it's a different experience. Yeah. Yes. So one of the principles then that we work with, and I want to hear your opinion on this, is that you actually need to create these experiences. Mm-hmm. You make the time or they don't happen. Yes. And you consciously kind of, you know, you create a space or whichever way it is that you're going to do it. Or, uh, you, or you're really lucky and you get circled by a master facilitator in a bar. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes. for the rest of it, to actually make that happen and to make it part of your life, you have to consciously create it and do it. You do. And it's a practice that you commit to. Like you go to yoga, you go to pottery, you go to gym, you go to, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do. Yes, and that comes back to your mention of community mm. earlier, Tamar, that uh, for me, creating a community in which a space in which people can practice this. Um, like you said, doing your yoga mm. or if you're a musician practicing your skills and your arpeggios mm. and all of that, that we can practice this. And, and the great thing is that often the aspects of our intimate relationships can even be processed and explored without that person there if someone's holding a strong presence Mm. with you and I don't mean role playing but simply we project our experiences onto each other and if it's alive in us it can and will come through so I think that committing to a, a relational practice with our partner even separate from our partner is an important part of our overall hygiene of in life that yeah, it has to be because my relationship is about me mm-hmm. your relationship is about you and our relationship is about us absolutely so if i don't clear my stuff then i'm just bringing the same crap to the relationship that i've been bringing. right right and and this is what's having me so inspired to now work with people to build these communities mm. in their own cities we have um we have circling practice circling practice communities and something like 25 or 30 cities around the world and um, 
when I look at that, I get excited and think it's a lot. But then I also look at it and say, wow, there's so much more room for growth. And that's what had me come to Johannesburg and, and work with Nick. So I'm leaving behind a legacy of folks who have been trained and can continue to practice this here in, in Joburg. And then um, I'm heading on Monday to Cape Town. And I'm eager to connect with people from all over the world where I can come in and help you build a community and know how to continue this. And then, of course, um, it's very exciting. And, and we just talked about technology being a hindrance to intimacy. But Circling Europe has just launched a, a platform called CircleAnywhere.com where we have skilled facilitators from around the world leading online circles over a special platform that we built where you can circle two or three times a day and be connecting with someone from Oslo, someone from Africa, someone from New York City. And it really works, uh, surprisingly. Uh, and <laughs> surprisingly. It, it, well, you think, oh, it's technology. And you just mentioned, oh, we're on the room together. We can feel each other. Yeah. But it's amazing what actually transmits across across a, a video conference mm. uh, because of my deep deeper connection with Nick we kind of we wanted to hear your story of how circling came a part of your life and we were just overwhelmed by a few other stories so if you don't mind to share that would be cool okay I'll, I'll do my best <laughs> good luck thanks <laughs> um, well I've, I've I've been involved in personal development for um I think it's a bit over a decade now, and I I I, I became involved with a company called um, the, the the Authentic Man Program, and, and and I flew to the states and went on their weekend intensive, um, and they they the the way they run that um, has has circling as 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 its foundations. So that's the first time I experienced it, and then I, I went again to the states to to. to to go on another three days intensive to experience uh, something similar. It was a program called Aletheia. And I've done a whole bunch of other stuff in between, um, in- including a 10-day of a personal meditation, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Um, but, 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 but circling is, is, is the one thing that's um, stuck with me throughout. It, it's, um, for, for me, circling it, it has a special place in my heart because I actually have a very difficult time doing what I'm currently doing, amazingly enough. Uh, which is um, gi- giving people a lot of information. Um, so, so for me, circling was really great because I actually just get to be here with you, and just get curious about you, and we can get curious about each other. And there's 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 not a lot of um, there's not a lot of thinking that I have to do. Um, so, that's why I love this practice. Authenticity. <laughs> that's awesome. Are yeah, you so. are you um open to sharing some of the ways you've seen it impact your life? Mm. Um, well, uh, uh, just since Amy's been here, it's, uh, circling can get heated. A lot, a lot of stuff can come up. Um, you, you were talking about your stuff and, and somebody else's stuff. And, and you can actually bring that into a circle in, in a way that you can actually see your part of it and actually get the, the, the world of the other person's part of it. In, in a circle with a skilled facilitator, um, and and th- and that's happened twice to me since Amy's been here, and it's whew, it, it it's given me a lot of um, perspective on, on on myself, especially h- about how I relate to women, and and just the the, the pro- projections that I have that that I bring in, into connections with women that I wasn't even aware of, 
um, and and more more recently, um, it it's had me physically interaction interact with people in a much more free way um, b- because of this work. So those are those are two. But That's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Amy, where Thanks. do people get more information? So my website is theconnectionmovement.com. And I also work with, I mentioned them a few times, Circling Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's circlingeurope.com. And locally, I, I have Nick here. So we're just getting our website up here for the Joburg community, but Circling Joburg. J O B U R G dot com. No dot Coza. C O dot Z A. I think that's the first time I've said the word Z ever. Yes. <laughs> and then um the Cape Town community doesn't yet have a website up, but they're on Meetup as Authentic Relating Cape Town and on Facebook as Authentic Relating Cape Town. So those are some of the ways you can access this and um you can of course email me if you if you're somewhere and you either want to start a community or get support creating a community or find a community and my email is the connection movement at gmail.com so we're I'd be thrilled to connect we'll put it on the podcast page yeah. eh? that's really cool that would be great we yeah, need to we'll get in to, to understand that more authenticity and curiosity mm-hmm. things that we are really craving for in our yeah. society it's in, in, in my life that's something that moves me Mm. And you always want more things because not everybody's up to deep meditations or, you know, you, you kind of want to have also practic- practical ways mm. to get in touch. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can practice in the day to day, not only alone. Yes. Yeah. And I want to invite the three of you and anyone who's listening who's in the Joburg vicinity. Tonight we're having a, a sh- what do you call it here? Bring and share. A bring and share. We call it a potluck. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bring and share connection evening where we'll be bringing in some facilitated exercises and experiences in a fun environment in Melville. And we can share that with you so you can put that up on the, the podcast page. And um, that's tonight. And then this weekend, it's my last event that I'm hosting in Joburg is a facilitator training. And it it's for really for anyone. It, while facilitators will be getting some great, great useful stuff for facilitating this work, it's really for anyone who would want to go deeper into the practices. And that's in Melville also. So um, we'll share that with you bef- so you can put it online. Cool. Thank you. Super mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate you. and really value this time with you. It's Thank it's you. been a pleasure to be here, and I feel very energized and excited about um, what's possible, and appreciate this platform for sharing it. Mm. I, I just have to share that while Amy was talking about mm. that connection thing with the eyesight, I just tears just came down my eyes. I, I really, I can't explain it. It just it touches you. It just touches you. Mm. Come from a clean gesture from the heart, human connection. What wrong can come from it? You know, no lie can come mm. from it. No hurt. No knife <laughs> you know it's things that just encourage love why are we so afraid of connection yeah so let's tell you that greg is not a pedophilia no greg we love <laughs> you by any manner of means greg is really appreciated. Greg's is a fetish for having 
other people know about your sexual activities. Ah, Ooh, so yeah, that, that's called an Israeli. So it includes <laughs> very loud sex. It includes exhibitionists. It includes people who put their tapes online. Did they put their cocks everywhere? Um, sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. the show. <laughs> Usually we say that. All the men on show. Tinder. And it's, a, and it's a lot of people who brag about what they do sexually. Okay. Mm. So there okay. we go. So, Greggy, so, you are off the hook. Where do you draw How the can line? You even think of Greg in that context. I you have to ask you. You said the word Greg and then Ophelia. I said <laughs> no, Greg. I know, but I think in pictures, right? So when you say any word to me, there's a picture that comes up in mind first. And the yeah, first so we know exactly what's in your mind. That's about you. That's what's in <laughs> that's your fine. mind. That's fine. You that's still ask me what I think the word means. So my mind. you say mind. that you're fine and I mm, see you nodding yeah. your head. We're going to talk about Absolutely. it just now. Yes. We're talking about, about this now. idea of pedophilia, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm fine in acceptance and in acceptance mm. of that part of myself. Which is its whole other conversation that really isn't. We're going to need one. many shows to go I into think that joint. So. Absolutely, <laughs> maybe a show of just you two. Yeah, we maybe. need Freudian Ella and I can't even talk today. I'm telling analyst, you, the energy is shifted. Jungian analyst, we need God knows what we need, and a little <laughs> bit of electroshock therapy will certainly. Oh work. come on, Jonesy! <laughs> They've tried that for many years of gay people. It does <laughs> not work. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't tried electrical. Genital stimulation. Oh God! Yet. Uh, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> I have a go. question. I don't. I know yes, we're winding up time. Yes. Well, I just wanted to offer a quick practice that someone yes. might want to take into mm. their life. You got one minute. One minute. Okay. So it's a structure, and it's a way of sharing appreciation. And instead of telling someone you're amazing or you're so this, you're so that, which is essentially a projection while a positive one, you can say when you, I felt. So, um, when you, in, when you invited me to be part of this show, I felt excited. I felt honored. I felt, um, I felt, uh, a longing to connect with more people and, and honored. And I want to thank you. That's super cool. Thank you. Cause we go out around mm. the world. Yes. 10% of our listeners are in Australia of all places. Good eye. I have no idea how that <laughs> happened, but it's really cool. So that is it. Next up is Kasper and the team doing whatever they are doing. Some really interesting looking people out there. Uh, next week, sexual myths. What do you think? Yeah. Is sexual sexual myths. Yeah. All Anything the myths. There's a couple like. lesbian sexual myths that I'd like That's to it. bring to the so table. So bring all of those to the table. About long go nails, them first. all the sorts of things. <laughs> Maybe so. practice them, see if they are myths or not. Yeah, there we go. find out. So send your questions in during the week. Um, anything that you think is a myth, anything that you want to know. So let's do myths, sex 101, anything that you ever wanted to ask but never did is really, really cool. The myth, um, the myth part is yeah, important. Really awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Special song for a beautiful woman we are ending with. I wish you all so much pleasure. This is cliffcentral.com.